A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What's up, everybody? It's Joe LaPuma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. As always, I'm with my guys, Mr. Matt Welty. Here we are. And of course, my man, taking in the moment, Brendan Dunn. How you doing, buddy? I feel okay. I'm a little tired. It's a long week. I feel like I complain like that in a lot of these intros, but you know yeah. what? It's it's my truth. Yep, yeah, and we uh we played through it. I'm I'm a little tired myself, but uh we we get it done. We get it done. How's everyone feeling? God, we're fresh off Complex Land Day 1. Last night, we had the Sneaker of the Year panel. My guys were supporting us in the chat. You guys are up uh, tomorrow, which will be Wednesday, a full-size run in the Showtime Theater. Mm-hmm, Who's the mm-hmm. episode? Talk on it. Talk about it. The episode is with Iman Shumpert. I feel like it's one of the best interviews we've done in a while. It was it was a little bit difficult because he was recording from a RV mm. with no Wi-Fi. But we made it work for the people on a phone, but we made it work for the people because that's always what we want to do. So I'm I'm very excited about that episode. I'm very excited. We're we're giving away a lot of sneakers in in Complex Land. I know people have seen the the drops that are scheduled for every day, and obviously this is going up on Friday. But every single day with eBay, we're giving away a bunch of free sneakers, Jordans, Yeezys, Sakai Nike. So please, please pay attention to that, too, because no purchase necessary. Something that was purchased necessary and moved <laughs> what? moved like a sneakers drop. The oh. complex sneaker of the yearbook sold out. Yes, sir. The signed copies. We you know, we put in the work and we were rewarded for the work. Signed copies of us three on the book uh sold out in forty five minutes. Thank you guys so much for those who bought the book and we're trying to get more maybe signed. Yeah. So uh, you know, we'll we'll get another batch hopefully. Maybe we're working on that restock. I could yeah. I could sign at least a thousand more. I mean, you could. Here's the thing, Joe. That's I could do thing. it. I could do it. Let, let me say this, Joe. Joe has an elevator in his building, and when I delivered the shoes to him, they were already unwrapped. So I had to, I, I had That's to true. undo That's the true. plastic off every single book, open up every single box, and then sign all of them. And when Joe got them, you know, all he did was put it on a dolly. Told his doorman, uh, "Bring this up to the 76th floor." What, um, what floor do you not... live on? What, what floor do you live on, Brendan? <laughs> that you're complaining about? I want no. I want to hear it because I don't because I don't have a elevator either. So I want to know how many floors you're complaining about. You know what? It's boxes. not. It's not. It's not a lot. But you've heard me complain about my back pain. So just just cut me some slack, man. I wasn't. I wasn't complaining about that just now. I was complaining about having to rip the plastic off every single one. Nine boxes. You'll be all right. <laughs> It's not. Yeah. No, every single book. Was also, everyone's in complaining. David. Oh, 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 gotcha. gotcha also, gotcha, everyone's gotcha. complaining. David Cabrera was 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 doing the. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, our coworkers did way more than us. Gina, Gina has you know boxes stacked high in her apartment, from what I know. So yeah, 
But the mid is selling, the product's selling, so come on. We gotta feed the streets. Yeah. I'm I'm happy I'd like to, to give that. a huge I'd like to give a huge shout out to everyone in who's posted up in complex land waiting to resell water bottles. I, oh, I really yeah. appreciate the Murakami dedication. Perrier. That's a that's a hot item, right? Yeah, yeah I heard yeah. that. That's going. I've never I've never heard of people reselling water, but it feels like that's the big thing at Complex Land, and that's all I've seen in the chat bumping when it's going to get restocked. The Antas <laughs> were moving heavy though in the chat. Yeah. Did you see those? That's a Salehi member. That's a good shoe. Uh, Joe, you got a pair? I did get a pair. Uh, so I, I I haven't been. They're at a different location. I feel bad. I sent it because when I was in LA, I sent it to a different location. So I have to get that. But uh, looking forward to that. Whatever happened to the cactus plant flea market dunks? N- not here yet. They're not here yet. But uh, got PG lost knows- in the mail. No, I don't know. We'll see. But PG knows um, the CDG dunks arrived, and Glad PG knows that. is on the hunt for something else for me this week. I'm hoping he's going to come through. I'm going to pull the trigger on the busy P Air Force ones really soon before Christmas. Yes, as a Christmas gift. Yes, as a as a Christmas gift to myself. Me and PG knows have been talking, and I think it's just time. You know when you're. Your, what's, what's the what's the ballpark of the, I'm of not the saying I'm not saying but He'll I'm say, not we'll, saying we'll but I've been talking to, I've been talking to him for so long and now it's just like all right let's just try to make it happen but I'm always like PG you're closer to me than you are with those guys but he's probably not he's actually probably closer with them but I'm like come on hook it up who is right? them I don't know I just I just feel like the PG people he's I don't know getting the P- shoes from this is yeah PG who's knows. he working for? who's he work who uh, you know you never wealthy, know do you side know? he's on but wealthy wealthy's a good friend of PG do you know who he gets all these sneakers from I don't I know that he I think he had a pair beforehand and Joe you had put a bid on it right what the Ed Banger joints the busy P joints yeah they were yeah. too much though too much mm-hmm. uh, I will tell you that the price that I'm going for is not is I'm not caving to that price, but I think they're just like not moving that well, even though it's a highly valuable shoe. It's just not moving as much. It's as, just expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive. So we'll see. what did you guys think of the sneaker of the year panel? There was a lot of engagement, a lot of back and forth. The most contentious one, the seventh slot, Dior Air Jordan one. You got the one but, thing. Go ahead. I the one thing I kind of wish, the one thing I kind of wish looking back on, I think the panel was solid, but the one thing that I think that it's missing that we've had in years past is like a kind of a well-known industry person to kind mm. of balance to balance out the the takes. Okay. You did have big sneaker heads like Fat Joe, Sue Bird, Yachty, but I think it would have been maybe nice to get someone like a, a Ronnie or a Sean Weatherspoon who maybe has a different industry perspective okay. on the footwear to balance kind of the hype takes of Chunky Dunky and Dior being the best shoes of the year. Yeah, what the the Dior Jordan one at number seven is generous. I'll say that. Wow, and the one thing I would say is that when we taped it, they all reacted like I, you know, they they like why all reacted very strongly to it. But the chat, they were like overrated. A lot of the kids yes. in the chat were like overrated. See, overrated. see we Double we are of number- the people. These, you know, Fat Joe. I respect his taste of sneakers all day long. Obviously, quite literally, you know what I'm talking about with the lick, but. Here's the thing. We want to represent a little bit more of the commoner. And, and this whole thing is about limited stuff. And we are going to put a limited shoe at the top of our list. But the Dior Jordan 1 is so limited, so unattainable, that it's not really something that people experienced as a group or really got to enjoy. So so for that reason, I feel like the shoe barely exists. The double taps at number 10 was a wild choice too, right? A little left to center. A little bit, but we, we like Least to make I some spicy it right. sometimes. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, at least I pronounced it right this time. The Off-White Five at number one. I thought that it would be more unanimous, and people, I think maybe people just think that it was so long ago, and they forget how good it was. To me, that shoe, still, I, I stand by that shoe. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I just don't, I, I know a lot of people will go back and forth on it, but I just have a really hard time in, in Heart of All Hearts ranking the Chunky Dunky as the oh. best sneaker of the year. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Welty. And, you know, if people like that shoe, that's fine. But this is not a gatekeeping moment. No, no. Joe, you mentioned that you were Christmas shopping for yourself. Are you Are you doing any other Christmas shopping? I got to cross a bunch of things off my list. I got to. Oh, absolutely. I just ordered 10 complex sneaker of the yearbooks. Everyone's getting that <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's what you're putting Tell me that's tree. not a great gift. Uh, everyone's getting premium Pete's sauce and mm-hmm. complex sneaker of the yearbooks, which mm-hmm. my mom, what a hot take. My mom said that. Premium Pete's sauce is better than Rayo's. On the okay. record, you guys, I sent you guys the text. I sent Premium Pete the text too. So that's high praise. Yeah, and he's, you know, they're going to put that pull quote on the can. So you you better, on the jar, excuse exactly. me, you better make sure that your mom gets paid off all that. ALP, Adrian LaPuma. That's it. We got to put it on. Also, um, CEO Rich Antonello commented on my Instagram today that the episode with Polo G about the Samba Dunks, he was like, I need a size 11. The boss says he needs a size 11. We find him a size 11. So, so PG is on it? I don't know. I don't think we need PG for that one. Okay. You know, PG, PG <laughs> does the busy. Make it happen. P, 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 PG does the busy. PJLP does the Sambas. Okay. We, you know. But You make it happen, Joe? I think so. I think so. So. Welty, were you going Christmas shopping at all yet? You got? Did you get things sorted out? What's, what's your plan? I haven't figured it out yet. Um, I need to. I uh, probably this probably this weekend I'll probably make it happen, you know. Done. What about you? Um, you I'm, I I have a plan to do it this weekend. I'm going to get a COVID test this this week just to get on top of that again, and then I'm going to go back outside a little bit and you know try and get some things for my loved ones. Speaking of going outside, I was a little bit upset because I went outside this morning to run to the grocery store, and I saw swirling above the sidewalk a dusting of snow. The lightest snow you could imagine, and I'm not here for it. I, I, I you know, I feel like New like York's snow? gotten progressively. No, no, I hate snow. No, you get the new ACGs you put them on. Still no. <laughs> Here's the thing. I got those. Here's the thing. I, I, I grew up in North Idaho, and I experienced plenty of snow for plenty of months, for plenty of years. That I never want to be in that kind of climate again, and I have no desire, no nostalgia, no no enjoyment from all of that you know it's it's a lot easier in the city where you just walk to the train and you're good but the things we went through man things you. we went through wealthy big snow guy or what uh I mean, thank I god for that new... white uh, oh god i used to live in new hampshire so uh do have do have feelings for snow i did kind of realize though that it hadn't snowed in like a long time it snowed like once last where? year uh, oh i know i mean we sh- yeah I want it to not snow, it's, but also we should be scared about the way the climate is changing. No, 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 no. It's I'm, it's it's not that I'm, well, not that I'm not scared of the idea that living in a world where it doesn't snow anymore, but just the idea that it doesn't snow kind of sucks. You know, I'm not a huge snow guy, but there is something nostalgic about you know waking up and having a snow day. Right. Amazing. Well, amazing minute, it was feeling. fucking freezing outside. Man. I watched Frosty the Snowman, the original <laughs> cartoon, last night. 
Um, okay, <laughs> so, so you you're feeling right, a bit nostalgic. Right, what do you got? The mistletoe up, and you got the. All I, mean, right. I need to get a tree. I've been listening to Christmas music in the house. No way, man! Like, it it brings back Christmas? such dark memories for me. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When we first moved to Idaho, living in a trailer at the end of a dirt road in the blizzard right. of '96, and we wow. couldn't even we couldn't even get to the house because of the snow. So we had to park the car at the end of the road and bring out a sled and put the groceries on the sled. And take the groceries up the road look, to the look house. Look at that. Look at that. This is for all the listeners who thought it was just Reebok deals and, and a full head of hair. Look at what this guy went through. <laughs> On the other I side, I want to say man. that early complex, early complex memories, Bradley Carbone. Used I knew to it. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke. <laughs> I was gonna make a joke, but I knew we were going to Bradley Carbone. On the Carbone. other side of on the other side of the spectrum, Bradley Carbone, I don't think he went through any of that early time in complex because I remember it would be like Friday at the office and i'd be like oh what are you doing this weekend he's like yeah i'm going to uh going snowboarding i'm like oh where are you going what mount okimo uh mount snow he's like oh i'm going to jake burton's house that's and he like wow literally they (laughs) so and i never snowboarded or skied never i've never still and did you go with bradley no no never never. and he always tried to like he always invited me and it was like always the sickest you never uh, went with adam caparel to his cabin up in vermont or wherever it is cherry hill Maybe we get the invite to to Vermont, Adam Caparel. He, you know he he hides he. Hides I think Burton sometimes. is up there in Vermont. Oh, we gotta yeah. go. As is we Ben and Jerry's. Go. We could bring our chunky donkeys. Okay, look at that. That is just that's a full. Okay, now you're thinking. That's a retreat. Yeah, and I do mean was, treat. How funny would we all get COVID tests? We go to a retreat. Maybe do we invite load management? And that, or is that is oh, I don't think it's, management we're anymore. We're out of the state. It's not yeah, load management complex anymore. sports podcast. Yeah, Where did they get they the idea? Where they get they the even idea? Got, they even got new <laughs> art. In that, I saw. They, they got chops. Got a, a caricature of himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But listen, I like the complex sports podcast just because I, I like the complex sneakers podcast. Sometimes you need witty names. Sometimes you got to let the audience know exactly. I was what expecting Adam Caporell to send back. Uh, some edits on his drawing of his face saying the jawline wasn't sharp enough for his life. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we have a very special guest today, so uh, let's get to it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Our guest on today's podcast is a legendary designer in the streetwear and sneaker scene and has been a major force in both industries for the past 22 years. He grew up a sponsored skateboarder in San Francisco, and when it was time to create a business out of his passion, he developed a brand that would unify all of his skateboard friends through meticulous skate hardware. He went on to move to L.A. and design T-shirts, outerwear, and cut and sew that quickly became a go-to for hip-hop artists like Wiz Khalifa, Currency, Ghostface Killer, Wale, and more. It was in 2005 he designed one of the most iconic Nike collaborations of all time, and a sneaker that defined a generation of rabid hype when it came to limited footwear. A year later, he opened his flagship store in the Fairfax section of Los Angeles that is still prevalent today. His constant innovation through both inline and special project product drops has allowed him to be one of the most longstanding relevant designers in this industry. It's an honor to have him on the Complex Sneakers podcast. Please welcome Nick Diamond. Hey, guys. Thanks for the intro, man. Damn. All, no make, problem, make man. Sound, make me sound special or something <laughs> no man you've been in it 22 years i was looking at interviews 22 years what a, a feat minute. man it's a amazing yeah. how Thanks. are you nick i'm good guys good to see you you too good thanks for to joining you. thanks for joining yeah, for sure um so let's get right into it you know I, I was looking at things last night it seemed like early 90s you were always a sneaker collector outside of nike town in san francisco is it true talk talk about back then in those days coming up um, yeah, I mean, sneakers have always been a big part of my life. It's just something that I've always gravitated to since my early, early days. Um, skateboarding really is where, um, you know, I got into sneakers cause you know, we needed good shoes and in the early, well, you know, late eighties, mid to late eighties, when I was a kid, we would skate in the Jordan ones. That was just like a normal thing, right? Cause the Jordans were actually out already. I guess 85 or whatever, probably around 86, 87 is when I started buying them in San Francisco at Copeland's Sports on um, Market Street. And um, they were on sale all the time. They always had tons of Jordans. They had like, you know, the the bread colorways. They had the Chicago's. They had the, the white and the blue, the light blue ones. I remember those. Do you remember how much they were on sale for at the time? Two pairs for $25. Whoa. Wild. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why all the skaters used to skate in them because they're so cheap. Yeah. So we, and they were good. So we would buy those and we'd also skate in the, um, the Converse, uh, they were either the weapons or the cons, something. They were really padded too. Cause skate shoes, you know, there was vans and stuff, but I think at that time, um, people just were trying to, that's when, you know, street skating was really coming, becoming something. And we were like jumping downstairs and doing all this stuff and felt like we needed more support, I guess. So that's why those shoes became popular. And all the, you know, the skaters I looked up to in the city, the pros like Bryce Knights and uh, Tommy Guerrero and all these guys, they were always rocking the Jordan ones. So we would just buy those and, you know, and, and, you know, they were fresh. I mean, they were super cool. Yeah. We were always kind of like little fresh skater kids. Back then, when you know most of the other people were kind of like Hesher, rocker skater dudes, we were kind of fresh, I guess, little city kids. Nick, and then you know a big part of your uh, up upcoming is that you know you're part of the whole San Francisco EMB skate scene. You know you meet Mike Carroll and all the other legendary skaters, and then you start Diamond to kind of connect 
all your friends like how much did being part of that skate scene influence you to start the brand um it influenced me 100 to start the brand was just being a skater in san francisco um growing up skating like right near where i used to buy those um shoes at copeland's uh, was emb at embarcadero at justin herman plaza right at the end of market street we basically grew up skating there um with Mike Carroll and Javante Turner and Henry Sanchez and our whole crew, EMB Embarcadero's most blunted. That's what we called ourselves. <laughs> we used to just sit there and, you know, we're just kids smoking weed and drinking 40s and skateboarding, you know, a little rebel, rebellious kids. And um, we were always into, I feel like our crew, we were always into clothes and sneakers. And, you know, I'd always have my backpack because I'd have my chilling shoes in them. And I'd have my, I'd wear my skate shoes down there when I'd skate, but then, when I'd get back on the bus or the train, I'd want to be fresh because, you know, your shoes would be all beat up. So I'd put on like my Jordans or whatever other Nikes or I had in my bag. Yeah. So, um, and I'd wear nice shoes to school, you know, and then I'd have my skate shoes and keep them in my, my bag and put on my skate shoes when I was going to go skate. But, but I was just going to say that all of that, just being into shoes, you know, you automatically just are into gear too. So Back then, mm-hmm. we were really into all the Polo, Nautica, Tommy Hilfiger, and Helly Hansen, all the cool shit that we used to wear um, back then that not typical skaters used to dress that way. But, you know, I guess just this, being from the city, we were kind of just into that type of stuff. So that just influenced me, man. Um, I used to work retail um, as a stock boy at Macy's and Nordstrom's um, when mm-hmm. I was a kid. So I... Uh, would always buy all the polo shit. But what I'd really do is I'd go to Ross, which is on, it's funny. I'd always go to Ross and I'd switch the tags. So <laughs> I'd switch the tags. I'd switch the tags to get it for even cheaper. And they would carry like the same type of um, polo khakis at at uh, at, at Macy's. They'd, they'd carry the same polo khakis that they did at um at ross so at ross they were like i'd get them for like 14 dollars, and at macy's they were like 98 dollars or 100 and something and i'd exchange them all in all the time and then just take that money and buy more like good polo so you were trading it up like and that. getting the store credit for for macy's yeah yeah and then nice. i just buy all my gear yeah so i always try to be fresh and shit so just growing up around that and then um wanting to start my own skate brand it was just like you know, it evolved from making skate hardware into gear. Like I, I actually printed t-shirts and made hats before my actual bolts that I was making were, you know, available. So yeah, man, I just was like, fuck, I guess I'm making clothes now too. Cause the t-shirts kind of took off right from the beginning, I guess just the name diamond. And I don't know, just, it was a good name, I guess for the time. And uh, Nick, do you remember where you became a sneaker collector? Because I know you were into shoes and you were buying the Jordan ones, but you were beating them up and skating them. Was there was yeah. there a shift where it became a precious thing for you? Yes, there was definitely. So um, it started with really um, Pumas. Mm-hmm. So when we were skating in the very early 90s um, and, you know, the Beastie Boys were like a thing. And um, I don't know, the Puma Clydes, we were all skating in those. So I kind of started collecting all the colorways of those. And then I still loved Jordans. 
And from there is when I really started like collecting sneakers. But then when the 11s came out, the patent leather 11s, mm-hmm. I bought all the colorways. So, and I have a story too. It's a crazy one. Um, well, I guess it's not that crazy. I don't even need to tell it. Never mind. No, no, no. You I need to tell it. No, no, no. Come on. No, no. Okay. No, it's just a story about how I was waiting. I was just fucking trying to buy um, the white ones when they came out. This right? is when they first came uh, out or the retro? This is like 96 or like 2001? No, this would be 96. Okay. So the, when the white ones very first came out, I remember that um, I was on my own at a very young age. So um, I already had an apartment and I was like a little kid and I lived with some friends and um, I was working as a stock stock boy at Macy's and I remember I was on the bus the day after they came out they sold out everywhere. Or actually, maybe it was a couple of days later. And I was like, fuck, man, I can't believe I didn't get those, right? And I remember I was on the bus. And um, on market, we drove right by Copeland's. And through the window, I was on my way to work. I could see a pair just chilling mm. in Copeland's, like, way far on the back shelf through the window. I was like, no way. It caught your eye. Did, did they get a restock? Mm. <laughs> so I got off the bus, ran over there. And um, they had one pair. They're like, someone returned these, and they were my size. Yeah. And I fucking bought them. And I was like, man, I can't even afford my rent now. Because my <laughs> rent back then was like $300 or something. Mm. And I only had like $300 for rent, but they cost me like 100 bucks. So, yeah, I picked the shoes over rent, of course. <laughs> Amazing. Now, do you see like that feeling, you know, you've been in it so long, but that feeling and we'll get to your releases and how crazy people went over them. But is you must get it then you must get when you see people in line and people yearning for a product like that, because it seems that you as you growing up, you were the same kid like that. No, for sure. I was always like that was my thing. I always wanted all the new Jordans. You know, I couldn't like always afford them. But I remember the 11s is is a shoe that I got every color. You know, I got the black ones. I got the black and reds. The black and reds we always thought were crazy, and I thought that it was insane that I actually had them, and then they were, like, reselling for, like, $500. Mm -hmm. Back then, that was, like, insane. You're like, these shoes are worth $500. That's crazy, right? Can't believe it. Now that's, like, a normal fucking resale price on a lot of these shoes, and they're way higher. But, yeah, back then, $500 for those was nuts. I actually still have... um, my original white pair, I dyed back then. So okay. I, uh, I got some like um, leather dye and I dyed the whole upper of the leather part. Um, I mean, the uh, yeah, they were leather, right? They used to be leather on the top. Did they end up making white with the mesh? Because they were leather with the um, patent, patent leather. leather. Yeah. Yep. And then the leather top. So mm-hmm. I dyed that part black. So they're black and white. And I think they might have came out with that like 10 years later. They took your like idea, Nick? <laughs> yeah no but i still i still have them and they're all yellow now oh you <laughs> gotta send, send a picture of those we want to see those that's awesome yeah nick i saw you had like you posted recently you had like the i think you were wearing the 85 jordan ones the the chicago mm-hmm. pair was that like something that you had from back then or are you paying like a ton of money to get the shoes that you had back then now no i just bought those so nice basically um i have the uh I have the ones that came out in like 91. Is that correct? 94. 94. Yeah. 94. Okay. Yeah. So I have those and I have the black, uh, I have the, I have the, uh, 
all, well, all the Jordan ones, whatever. I have all those, but I, <laughs> I got the them 85s, all. <laughs> yeah, the eight, the 85s, I just bought those when I was in Chicago. So I went in there and the kid was super cool. He was hyped. He did like a, you know, took pictures of me in there. He was all stoked on Diamond and me. And of course that made me feel good. And I was like, I, um, I bought a championship Chicago shirt in there, 1998. That's the year that I started Diamond. Um, he had that. And he had those just in the case. And I was like, damn, dude, how much you want for these? And uh, I mean, I bought them. They're one of the most expensive. I mean, the yeah. most that I paid, but I, I paid like $3,000 for them. Yeah. That's not but, that bad for 85. No, it's not. He hooked me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He gave me, he gave me like, he hooked me up because I mean, but you know, they're still perfect condition. It still had the logo inside on the insole and everything. So I was like, damn, these are nice, man. He's worn them like a few times, but they were like, I think he got him from like his uncle or something that just saved him forever or something like that. But yeah, I paid three grand. I looked online. Yeah, they're way more. Yeah. But you know, I rock. <laughs> I'm not a. I'm not a collector. Mm-hmm. I'm a. I'm a wearer, right? Mm-hmm. I wear all my shoes. I don't like have any shoes that I haven't worn. But uh, I guess I'm a collector because I saved them all. I don't really like. I don't sell them or anything, and I just have, you know, like thousands of sneakers probably at this point in storage. I don't know. I just all the shoes that I've ever got. I just kind of like wear them and then put them aside and break some out sometimes but old ones but i'm always getting new shoes so i feel like i'm always wearing new shoes that i get it's hard to like go back and grab old shoes because they're like put away right yeah right and you know you come from such jordan history the jordan one skating in it and then when it was time to get your collaboration, I think it was something like you go into the chocolate office. Is, is that what happened? And then basically they were like, you know, Nike it wants to do a collaboration or and there was an opportunity. And I think, you know, we'll talk about it in depth. But at first you wanted to do a high top dunk. Is that true for Nike SB? Because you love the Jordan one. Yes. Yeah, so when the Nike SB opportunity came, um, I definitely wanted to make a dunk high because okay. I was really into Jordan ones and I liked dunk highs. I had a bunch of dunk highs. I liked the dunk lows too. The dunk lows are amazing, but I preferred the high at the time. And now I like the dunk lows better right now. You know, mm-hmm. because my, my tastes are always changing. But back then, yes, originally I wanted to make a high, but they wanted to do the low and we did the low. And I mean, and it, the response was great. And People loved it. and The response was great. No, 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 Nick. The response was this was a huge shoe. The, the Diamond SB yeah. Dunk Low in 2005, August 2005, I yeah. think it was, aka the Tiffany Perry. It was huge. It was one yes. of the biggest sneakers to ever release then in terms of hype. It was it was massive. Do you know how many pairs they made? Did, did, were you privy to stuff like that? Yeah, they told me that they made 5,000 pairs. And how many did you get? Uh, 24 pairs. That's all you wow. had to release? Oh, no, that, that's all that they gave me personally. Right, but, like, how many did your store have? None. I didn't have my store yet. Yeah, a year later. Is that right? A year later. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we, 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 yeah. we didn't release at our store, so we did, a, we did releases. I went and we did a release at Undefeated, mm-hmm. um, and we did a release at Brooklyn Projects. And that's where you and, had the, tif- the Tiffany kid at – Yeah. At yeah. – at, uh, at un- at, Undefeated, where people Tiffany don't know. Kids that, uh, Tiffany Kids at Undefeated. Yeah, that's Undefeated on La Brea. And then we did uh, release it Undefeated in Santa Monica. And uh, yeah, I was I was blown away because of the lines, right? I was like, damn, all these people are here for this sneaker? This is crazy. Like, I can't believe it. Like, this is like, well, this isn't a Jordan, right? It's a fucking Nike. <laughs> like, 
but still it was a Nike and I feel very blessed that I was able to do it. And I was like, I can't even believe that I have, you know, my diamond on a fucking Nike shoe. Like, this is crazy. I can't even believe it. You know, just growing up the way I did with and being a fan of the brand, it was like, you know, one of the best things that could ever happen, obviously, even to this day for anyone to be able to get their own Nike. It's amazing. It's crazy. And Nick, those those releases were very tough to follow in general, but I remember calling like three times a day and no and this was a skate shop that I was kind of cool with and they still didn't know. Did Nike give you any details as to how quiet they wanted to keep it or keep people guessing or what? It was like one of them, you know, Nike SB back then it was tough to pinpoint when they were actually releasing, but this dunk especially, you couldn't get a straight answer for. Yeah. I mean, they were pretty upset with me, honestly, at at the beginning, because when I first got my very first sample, um, the day that I got it, my friend Andy Mueller, he uh, he's a photographer and he worked at Girl Skateboards where I had my uh, office at. Um, He took a picture of me holding the shoe and Mm -hmm. I was actually wearing my Diamond Script T-shirt, that one that's in the back Mm -hmm. um, on the wall that t-shirt but that was in the tiffany and black colorway shirt because i made that shirt prior to the shoe i was already running that shirt and people liked it and that's why i kind of was like fuck i should do the shoe this color because i've never seen that before anyone with this color on a shoe so i took a picture and then i posted it on my myspace and that's and they were like what's this guy doing you leaked your own shoe and that picture was big yeah it blew up i didn't know that it would do anything i was like oh here's my you know nike of course i'm excited and uh yeah it blew up on all the blogs and stuff and like soul collector and nike talk and all that stuff can you talk a little bit more about the relationship with nike because part of why i asked you in terms of how many pairs you got was like when somebody like you at that point gets a collaboration with nike how are they actually compensating you are, are they paying you to design the shoe are they saying you can have this many to sell or you get a royalty like how does that actually work because people don't really know no no, no, I don't get anything. So I get marketing, right? So with with yeah. that, the only way that you can really make money is uh, if you have a store and you release your collaboration. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're like an artist, you know, like I'm sure like people like Travis or even if they do like, you know, Jay Balvin or anyone nowadays, they probably like do a little shoe deal. But for like a brand, it's different for a brand. You, if you own your own store, you can sell them at retail and make, you know, the markup. But for someone like me where I don't have a Nike account, even now I can't because, you know, Supreme's a couple of doors down and they have mm-hmm. a Nike account. Brooklyn Projects is a couple blocks away. So there's no way I can have one too. So that's why when the only time I ever made money off of Nike was when we did the Canary release, mm-hmm. the Canary and White Diamond and Black yeah. Diamond, um, because we did a pop-up, we did a pop-up store. Was that frustrating at all, though, back then when, like, you you, you had this huge moment, but you weren't actually making money off it? Or you knew it was such a big moment for the brand that you were No, I didn't care. I wasn't – I've never been money motivated doing my brand because it was always just about the whole skateboarding aspect and Mm -hmm. me doing just what I love to do. I didn't really start thinking about um, making money until I got older and had a lot of bills to pay and shit you know what i mean (laughs) and have kids and things like that but before i didn't care i was like i have a shoe at nike like i wasn't even thinking like it didn't even cross my mind that i should be making any money doing it because i was like i got a shoe at nike like that's enough like all right i'm not tripping you know that's insane nick was 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 tiffany 
in co upset with i know you didn't never labeled it the tiffany dunk but you've been very in the past kind of like cautious of people even calling it the tiffany shoe did they yeah. ever reach out yes they did actually so um i never called it the tiffany that was just you know i posted it on my myspace as the diamond dunk and just because of the colorway people it just got nicknamed the tiffany and at first, I was like, damn, I wish people weren't calling it Tiffany because no one's going to know that it's actually a diamond shoe. They're going to think yep. that it's Tiffany, but they did. So everyone was calling the Tiffany and Co. stores going, when is your shoe coming out? When's your shoe coming ah, out? Really? People so, actually thought that that Tiffany yes, blue was from? Yes. So that's why they, they ended up sending us a cease and desist on, on the um, Tiffany, calling it Tiffany. And I'm like, I don't call anything Tiffany. Like, we have that we have that colorway we have that color in our um, catalogs of t-shirts and things it's called diamond blue that's mm-hmm. what we called it was diamond blue so they couldn't really do anything because as long as we're not calling it tiffany mm-hmm. then it's okay it's so funny yeah. because that existed for so long i remember when i was first getting into writing about sneakers and blogging for sites like sneaker news and if you ever used the word tiffany as a writer in a in a, in a post Tiffany and Co. would send you a, a legal type notice saying, yeah. "This is not a Tiffany shoe. You need to take this down. You need to, you need to not refer to this shoe in this way." Even though you know yeah. these are people who aren't affiliated with Diamond Co. at all. Yeah, and this, I mean, the, it's it's a little off. It's it's not exactly like the Tiffany color. It's a little different, but sometimes it ends up, you know, because everyone's always using different colors, and our printers sometimes mess. But the original color of the shoe is not exactly like Tiffany. It's like a little brighter than what they have, I think. So um, I don't know. I don't know if they have, a, if you can trademark an actual color. Mm. But I know they, obviously the name, we can't use the name. Nor but would yeah, we ever. But, yeah. <laughs> nor would we ever. <laughs> right. But now, you know, when people ask me for forever, I would never even say it. Like people would be like, Oh, the, you know, the diamond shoes always called the diamond dunk, but you know, lately I call it the tiff just so people know, because now there's like the canary and the, you know, the black diamond and the white diamond. So I just call it the tiff or the tiff high. And Nick, one thing that I hear, I heard you summarize Nike SB back in the day is you said it was like streetwear on your feet at the time. Talk about how Nike SB during that time really like blew open everything. Yeah. I mean, it, they took the sneaker world by storm, right? Mm-hmm. It was crazy because, you know, the popular shoes back then were Jordans just like they are now or anytime. Jordans are always popular. Jordans just like, I mean, it's my favorite shoes like because there's just so many different silhouettes that I love. Um, they've really just killed it with sneakers. Um, but, yeah, Nike, when they first started releasing the Nike SBs and all the storytelling and all that stuff was, yeah, it's like t-shirt graphics, right? Like people are like, when they see you wearing a t-shirt graphic, they're like, oh, cool shirt, dude. Like that's fucking rabbit. Now all of a sudden you have these crazy looking shoes, right? All the insane colorways. Like, I mean, no one was doing like, Jordan didn't have shoes coming out that looked like those De La Souls or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Or the, the, you know, those those, uh, pink Futura high top ones and like just crazy looking stuff. It was great. This, you know, I mean, there were so many insane SBs that they were like, yeah, like, like neck breakers, right? That's what everyone used to yeah. say. You like, cause you would see it and you'd have to look at it because they were so crazy. There's not, there were like nothing that anyone was doing. And that's where they took a lot of risks at the time because they didn't know, but 
I mean, look at them. You go back and look at them. You're like, some of these are just insane. But yeah. now a lot of shoes are crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, it evolved into what it is now. But back then, most stuff was pretty basic, except for Jordan. You know, they had some crazy stuff, but not like how Nike SB went off. Was it ever hard for you to get any of those pairs or because you were in the industry for so long, it was easy? The SBs at first, yeah, I was able to get them from all the skate shops. And Mm -hmm. if I didn't get them from Nike directly, I would just hit up my friends from the skate shops and I would be able to get them. So I had all the, and before my shoe came out, all all the Nike SB skate team, like everyone on the team rode for Diamond Hardware. So when it first came out, even when they first released those Jordans, the, uh, the breads and then those blue the, yeah, 2001 the, the retro Jordan ones. Yeah, yeah, because that's when they first started Nike SB, and that's what they're giving all the skaters. And they actually dropped those at the skate shops, so I was able to get those. I still have those. I'm glad you confirmed um, that because I remember some people arguing about whether or not that actually happened. That that Nike did release those yeah. Jordan ones in some skate shops. Yeah, they did. They had them at FTC in San Francisco um, and some other uh, skate shops, and. That was because I think like the skaters like to skate in the Jordan one. So that's why they did that. So that was like the beginning of Nike SB is they had those. And then, you know, they did the, the pro, whatever they were called. They were called like the pro B's, the pro B's. And they had the blazers and they had the dunks and all that. So I have all those from back then still. Um, yeah. So I sponsored the whole skate team. So it was really easy. I was getting all the shoes prior before we did ours which was like four, four years later or something like that. And then, Nick, after that, um, in 2014, you end up having the high-top version of, of the Diamond Dunk coming out. At that point, Nike SB, there wasn't as much buzz around the, the brand. I feel like it had, it had gone away for, for a little bit, um, safe to say. You know. But, you know, that shoe, it starts to get leaked. You know, shops are making kids do kickflips for the for the sneakers. Yeah. It it felt like it brought like a little bit of the energy back. It said that you didn't even get the shoes till three days before they came out, and then the shoe drops the same weekend that Nike shock dropped the Red Octobers. So it was like Ooh. this kind of yeah. like crazy yeah. crazy time. Yeah. So with that, it was crazy because, you know, for years after the SB, you know, cause those are all my friends that worked at Nike SB at this point. Um, so I kept, you know, telling them like, let's drop the high. Like, cause that was the original. Right. I didn't know if they were ever going to do it. I was like, cool. I'm happy with the Tiffany. Right. Cause that shoe's insane. And I didn't Not care Tiffany, if I had diamond. <laughs> well, you know, I, I call it that now. Like, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, as long, I can say that because everyone says it, but as long as I don't put it in print anywhere, Got we don't it, want right? to have to take this podcast okay. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so the so the diamond dunk. <laughs> um, yeah. So so basically, when when uh, I kept asking them about it, so then years later, uh, they just hit me up and they're like, "Hey, man, I think we want to do the the high." And I was like, "Hell yeah! Thank God, that's amazing, right?" Because I'm stoked just to have the one because. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't care to ever have another Nike again after that. I'm like, this is the one because of all the hype and how excited I was about it just to have it. You know, this is crazy. I have my own Nike, so I wasn't really tripping. But the fact that they wanted to give me another one was great. But, of course, I wanted to market the thing, and I wanted it to be big, too. I didn't want to, like, come out with a second shoe and it not be, you know, another thing. So uh, what happened is they called me and wanted to meet with me about it, and I was waiting on a sample for a while. But then in the meeting, they're just like, hey, uh, your shoe, 
I'm like, so where's the shoe? You got a sample? They're like, oh, well, no, actually, it's coming out next week. Oh, my well, God. Week, yeah, <laughs> I heard three yeah. days. Nick, I heard three days yeah. after you yeah. saw it or something for the yeah, first time. Yeah. yeah, they're like, it's coming out this week. And I'm like, what do you mean it's coming out this week? I'm like, how am I going to like, no one knows about it. Like, you know, it's going to be like in Nike SB, like you said, it wasn't as hype as it was um, mm-hmm. prior years prior, but I wanted it to be a big deal. Um, and it did. It was right. Because as soon as I did post it right away, everyone was excited. People that weren't able to get the lows before all wanted the highs. Um, it went crazy. And then we felt like on purpose because it was getting a lot of hype that they dropped the red October to kind of like, and I even asked the guys and they're like, yeah, you know, we battle kind of Nike, like Nike SB kind of battles with Nike sportswear. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why they did it. You know what I mean? To kind of like kill that as like a fun game between them, you know, but I don't know. Um, I got those. Thank God. The red Octobers. I love those. (laughs) Nice. I got you clicked on the Twitter link or or they helped you out. No, actually, (laughs) I actually, right after they came out the next H town sneaker summit that there was, cause I used to go to all the H town sneaker summits and Mm -hmm. just, you know, check out shoes and buy shoes and hang out with the guys, um, in Houston. But I bought some for 2,500 bucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, that's the most I ever spent on shoes, especially back then. But I was like, damn, I need these. They're so amazing. I bought those and I got the gray ones. Nice. Um, and uh, 2500 I mean, shit. But now they're worth crazy yeah. money. Not that it matters because I just wear them. I still wear them. They're like beaters at this point. Yeah. Um, but I love those ones. That Those are some of my favorite Nikes because they're just so different. I like yeah. different shit. Well, mo- so do most people. Those are crazy. Kanye killed it with those. And then after that, you know, Complex Con plays a huge role in the shoes coming back. In 2017, you had that big skate ramp with Project Blitz where you had all the Tiffany's on display to kind of just let the kids know, you know, like, hey, we started this. You weren't selling them or anything. You're just kind of like planting planting the seed in their head like, hey, these are the Tiffany dunks. And I remember like P-Rod came through, Costin Mm -hmm. came through, and it was just it felt like kind of a moment for, for SB again. And then the next year you end up re-releasing or not re-releasing, releasing, yes. the, you know, the canaries and it was just madness. Madness. Yes. 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 So, so this was great. So um, <laughs> thank, thanks to Dre Croatian style. Great friend of mine. Everyone says we look alike. They think that we're brothers. People actually come up to me and be like, Hey Dre, do you have any of these shoes? Oh, I'm, like, no. I'm not Dre. And he has the same problem when he's like, traveling you know because he's always somewhere in the world finding sneakers to buy and resell or whatever he does um he uh says he he sends me pictures of people with like him thinking that it's me like <laughs> the people come to him like nick can i get a picture with you and he'll send it to me like these people thought i was you or whatever but it's not funny. related we but, just uh, got to clear it up no relation yeah no relation but um we uh decided because um the year prior at complex con he had this huge like cylinder uh shoe display that you could walk in it was like a store but it's all plexiglass with shoes so the next year he's like dude let's do this again with diamond and we were like yeah but how are we gonna do it so we decided let's make a mini ramp that's plexiglass with shelves inside and just do nike sb so he's like i have all the craziest sbs because he just saves one of everything pretty much even though he's a he's a reseller but he mm-hmm. saves all this shit he has like all the cra- he has the craziest collection of shoes so uh 
we got all the, like the illest Nike SBs from all the different eras and we put it inside the ramp. We asked Nike, um, I hit them up and I was like, Hey, we're going to do this thing. Um, we just want your blessing. We don't need any money. We don't need anything. I just want to know that, you know, we're going to do this Nike kind of tribute to Nike SB at Complex Con. They're like, damn, that's sick. Thank you. Sure. You don't need anything. We're like, yeah, we're good. We're going to just do it. So we got, um, uh, to sell something there because, you know, the booth costs a lot of money. I did a collaboration with Retina, the artist from LA, and we made like Retina diamond t-shirts and we sold those. We did a Tiffany color one and then a pink one. And then we did uh, a shoe with the shoe surgeon. He made a, like a snake and crocodile, like all real uh, diamond dunk. He kind of looks and like you guys too. He might be the third. He does. Yeah, he yeah, does. Yeah. That's crazy. So it's the three of us, right? The three twinsies. Yeah, we, we do. That's crazy. Okay, so he did that, and we did this big thing, and we're like, I don't know what people are going to react to. It's Nike SB. We love Nike SB, of course, but, you know, the sneakerheads weren't really on it that hard at this at this time. So we did that, and it was a huge success. People were tripping. We had, yeah, we had, like, all the Nike SB guys, like P-Rod and Costa and all these guys come and skate the ramp during Complex Con. People were, like, looking in the ramp, like, in amazement, like, looking at all these sneakers. Because I don't think people remembered how crazy a lot of the SBs were. Mm -hmm. So people were, like, really taking photos and looking at them all and freaking out. Um, And uh, so right after that, the Nike SB guys all came. And they looked at the booth, and they were all excited. So, isn't yeah, there right a photo of Wale? If I'm remembering correctly, yeah. isn't there a photo of Wale sitting alone on the ramp? It's like an iconic complex con image. That happened too, yes. right? Yeah, because Wale, you know, he's like one of the biggest sneakerheads ever, and he loves Nike SB, and he's been collecting Nike SBs from back in the day. He even bought the. Uh, he told me he bought the diamonds when they first came out. Well, he he tried to get them at the release, and he couldn't get them, but then he ended up getting them somewhere else. But uh, yeah, I love Wale. He's the best. Um, so Nike came up, you know, they approached me after and they're like, Hey man, like we want to do another show. Like we got to do another show. I'm like, hell yeah. Okay. So, so you kind of inspired right Nike in 2017 to, to do another diamond dunk. Is that basically what yes. happened after complex con? Yeah. After we did that, they were like, let's do another project. We talked to everybody. We want to do one with you. I said, cool. So that same day I just was like, okay, yellow diamond, canary diamonds white diamonds black diamonds i just laid it all out on my computer sent it to him within like an hour or something right i was like i'm gonna do these like it was like super fast right and i was like oh i'll do the swoosh because i had the uh what's it called uh the idea to do the revolt the removable swoosh because i was like okay how can i make the other one still have the colorway right the white and the black so i wanted to keep the chrome looking swoosh so i just you know, if you took it off, it has the um, Tiffany diamond blue. Not Tiffany. Diamond blue. Yeah, it has the diamond blue color underneath. So I thought that was a great idea. I sent it to them like, oh, that's kind of crazy, right? So um, they they liked it. Like, I didn't have to change anything. They were like, these are amazing, these three colorways. Um, and then Air Force One, like, right after that came out with one, right, with the removable swoosh, like, before mine even came out, the, the like, Travis Scott then, Air Force ones, you mean? No, it was a uh, it was a white Air Force with the um, with the uh, they were just white Air Forces, and they came with all different color swooshes. Okay, Did you guys see those? I think I they thought... were like just at like Nike Town or something. Okay, okay. I bought them. I bought them. I thought they were sick. So they had all these different 
thing. So yeah, those came out. I don't remember if the tra if I submitted mine before the Travis's because I do have those with the the Velcro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I don't remember. But when I came up with the idea, I haven't seen it yet. Um, so I thought that that was my original idea, but then Nike came out with those and the Travis's before my shoe came out, I believe. Um, but yeah, so that's how that came about. So I was like, let's do the. They, they were the ones who wanted the, the yellow ones to be the friends and family. Because I was like, the yellow ones are crazy. But they're like, let's make those friends and family. And I'm like, okay, so that's what happened. We only made 250 pairs of the canaries. And that yeah. release at ComplexCon yeah. the next year. <laughs> ComplexCon 2018, I think. That was so much fun because, you know, for me, I got into Nike SB around 2005 when I was first getting into sneakers. And the things I would see about how crazy the releases were getting was always online or always videos I would see. So I never really got to participate in a crazy Nike SB release. And Nick, I don't know if you remember, but the the, the chaos around that booth you had at ComplexCon was so much fun in a way. Yeah, it Talk was. us through that weekend for you. I mean, was I was hectic. stressed out, obviously, yeah. because we built this booth and it was getting destroyed. By all the you, you had this giant so. Nike SB shoebox, basically, that was your yeah. store with all the stock in it. And you had yeah. this spinning diamond that had one yellow pair on display. And there were barricades around. It was it was so intense, Nick. Kids were jumping yeah. the, over the over the. the they game. were. I also love that it was a it was like a, a community campout because there were so many people near the booth at that time. And they it would just like, they would just show up yes, and the guards would be like, "You gotta leave! You exactly. gotta leave!" Yeah, we were yeah. all around for it. Yeah. So again, so again, because I'm like the type of you know people ask me for shit all the time. I'm just used to giving them stuff like friends or <laughs> yeah. you know rappers or DJs or skaters <laughs> or whoever. They're like, "Let me get some diamond shoes. Let me get some shoes. Whatever." But but me personally, I'm not someone that ever asks anybody for shit. I just don't. So even with that booth at ComplexCon, we just did it like without Nike. Like I paid for that whole shit. Mm -hmm. I just had to ask them because they were like, we want to do like, you know, release somewhere, blah, blah. And they're like, I don't know. We don't really want to do it at ComplexCon for whatever reason. I think they were doing some other Nike thing there maybe. Um, so I was like, well, what if I just do it? So I want to release the <laughs> – <laughs> I'll release the – the yellow ones and they're like but those are friends and family I'm like no let's just sell them like let's get let the people get them what 250 people do i have to i want to just give them to anyway like i don't know 250 people um so i mean i know 250 people but you know what i mean um so they were like cool so i just made the concept of you know the box and this huge spinning diamond i was like fuck it let's spend the money and just make this crazy because this is a great thing like we're doing another nike we did that. I knew that people would be into them, but again, Nike SB wasn't right. What the it hype was hadn't returned from... yet. The hype is back now, yes. but at that point, that was kind of the yes. flashpoint that brought it back. Yes, um, for the most part, of course. Travis really mm -hmm. set it off after, but uh, we, yeah, man, it was crazy because complex con. I didn't expect a frenzy like that right <laughs> like we actually the crowd the first day it got so crazy that you know we had to shut the booth down uh, we couldn't release anything and we're like okay so the next day we're gonna get um security more security we already had a bunch of security we hired more security we're gonna get the police department there because mm. it was that crazy because complex con was like you guys can't do this again. Yeah. We're like, no, no, we're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> we get. We gotta figure it out. Like, we're good. We're good. 
yeah, we'll get it. But again, more people the second day, right? Tried to rip the whole booth down. So I was getting stressed. Like, you're ruining our beautiful right. display that we made, right? Everyone's uh, freaking out. So yeah, it was insane. We had to actually have the shoes police escorted out of the building. Like, and the, the police are like escorting all these shoes. We had to put them on these rollers and roll them out. People are still trying to like rush Crazy. the police to like grab these sneakers i was like oh wait is that nike sb like this is fucking i'll never care. i'll never like, forget being in the I middle of nike it all SB. too like i was i was yeah i, was I remember i remember dude i was inside the barricades with brennan brennan williams who used to work for soul collector and every five minutes shit would just pop off and people would rush around and there's this hilarious thing that happened that weekend at complex con where there was some guy who did not work for complex or did not work for any anybody putting on the show but he was like walking around like he did and it was this shady dude in flip-flops no socks and uh, a, a philip rivers jersey and he he somehow hopped over the barricade to be on the inside of the diamond booth with brennan and myself and he but he was pretending like he was security and he was like okay who are you guys with okay you're good but oh, i was wow. like this is the fucking shady dude with the philip rivers jersey that people keep <laughs> yeah. trying to kick out of this place and i was like get this guy i snitched immediately but but just being inside those gates and watching people just crowd around and and then get pushed back and watching this again i don't know how tall that that booth was that you built nick but people were moving this giant nike sb box that you built this booth I actually got inside of it during that because people <laughs> were trying like, to hold up their like hold it up from the other no, side. So that me. Yeah. Wow. Like mobs of people were like threatening me for the shoes. And I was like, <laughs> it's not my fault. They're not letting me sell them. Yeah. So like, ugh, like mob scene, like, let's get Nick Diamond type of thing. I was like, ah. <laughs> I'm watching. <laughs> like, from I'm the going, I'm like, guys, I'm going in here. And I went in there. And I was like, I'm getting away from all these people. And the next thing you know, <sighs> They start like trying to rip down the thing. I was like, "Oh, great, right? They're gonna kill me and steal all the shoes." <laughs> uh, yeah, that was basically um, that's basically what went down. We we escorted them out of the building, and then we decided, "Hey, well, let's just do a pop up store downtown LA." Um, so quickly, we rented a jewelry store, an old like vintage jewelry store that was uh, just really shady looking. We just you know downtown. Um, and that's what we did. We set it all up like a shoe store had. I mean, we had all the jewelry in there still, but then we had our shoes. We had tons of security. So many people came in. It was a blessing. And thanks anyone who's watching this who was there. Thank you for showing up. That was crazy. What a great time in sneaker history to think back. And I'm looking at all the pictures like, wow, this is great. Like Nike SB, because you're right. It was like the beginning of Nike SB making a comeback. And all those people came out to support. And that was really cool. And that was a great time. And we... uh it, it really like uh got people stoked on the dunk i yeah. believe again yeah so as stressful as it was you wouldn't do a thing differently would you no it was an amazing time man yeah. the whole complex con thing that was great we got video footage of yeah. all of it and i was like this is i want to see the video so, i want to see me looking we gotta find that we gotta find <laughs> yeah. that video this week yeah yeah like years later of course like 10 years from now or whatever i'm gonna look back and be like man we really did something like that's crazy like all these people were so stoked on this. I remember I had a video of it like on on my phone and people at Complex were like, you can't post this on your Twitter because it's going to look bad if, yes. if, an employee, yes. if an employee's <laughs> posting a riot <laughs> at, at Complex Con. Hey, that's, that's great for Complex Con. They're full of it. That's, that's good for them. That's what they want. That's what they need. That's what every sneaker release needs.
What do you think about the, you know, now that Nike SB is back and there's a lot of hype around the older models, even some models that weren't all that popular, you know, back back then and yeah. just reselling for a thousand dollars. The ones that weren't popular at all that nobody cared about are like more expensive than even my shoes that were a thing, right? Like there's I trip off that. Like I'm like well, because people now don't know, but I mean, if they like the colorway now and that's what's hard to get and they want those and that's what's happened. But yeah, a lot of the ones that were just like you would get and wear once or skate in because you didn't really care about them. But most of the hype, hype ones aren't as coveted as some of the ones no one cared about, which is weird. I mean, I don't know where they became popular or who wore them to make people think they were that great, but I saw that too. I've been noticing that. Do you have one underrated? Cool. Do you have one underrated SB dunk that you could give us? Um, the Jedi's. I think the Jedi's are super dope. I still have the original ones when I first got those. I always like those. I saw someone wearing them recently. That was maybe to Travis or somebody was wearing them recently, maybe. But before that, I was like, no one was really tripping. Even back then, no one was tripping off the Jedi's. Mm-hmm. They were cool. I really liked them though. And then the Futura ones, there were some other Futura ones that were like gray and they had like a gray toe and they were like blue. The blue ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those were really cool too. Nick, was there ever any pushback from your friends in the skate scene in terms of working with Nike? Because I know that it was kind of controversial on some level to even let Nike into skateboarding because there was fear that Nike was going to swallow everything and it kind of did. did. Did people you know have an issue with that? Yeah, everyone had an issue with it because what they predicted did happen. Um, But me, I felt like it was, I'm a Nike kid, right? Mm -hmm. I grew up in a Nike, so if I'm going to have the opportunity to do a Nike, sorry, skate industry, I'm going to do it on some sneaker shit, not on some skate shit. And if they're going to be into skateboarding and try to, you know, take out all the big dogs in the skate world, I'm sorry. I love Nikes. I'm not going to not do a Nike shoe because of my beloved skateboarding community. I love skateboarding, but you know, it's a fucking Nike. Of course I'm going to do it for, because coming from me, but yeah, a lot of people were like, fuck Nike, like Nike's trying to come into skate and take over. There were a lot of people hating on it. But then again, my skaters, I sponsored everyone on their team. Those were all my friends. So it was like, I didn't see it as I know the big shoe guys were pissed off about Nike, but a lot of the skaters, like a lot of my friends, we all skated in Nikes anyway. So no, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was. But it some was of your closest friends were some of your closest friends owned shoe brands as well. Like Mike Carroll owned exactly. owns Lakai, you know. Yeah. So like, oh, they were like- they, yeah, they were they. Were, Mike Mike has always been a Nike head too. Me and him grew up con- collecting and wearing you know, well, wearing, not collecting uh, Jordans yeah. together. Like he, he, gave, he ended up giving me all these Jordans actually after a while. He's just not into shoes anymore, but um, he owns Lakai. Um, he, uh, they were kind of, it was supposed to be a girl skateboard shoe originally. That's how it all happened. That's how I ended up getting that shoe is that it was brought to girl as an opportunity for them to do a girl shoe. So me and Sam Smythe from Girl sat there and designed these shoes together. So he called me into his office like, dude, you're good at this type of shit, like colorways or whatever. Can you help me? I'm trying to – Nike sent me these, this shoe to do for Girl. And uh, 
he was like, I have an idea to do like this Gucci kind of themed colorway. And, uh, and I was like, well, dude, let's do a fucking Tiffany diamond blue colorway. And, uh, we laid them out and then me and him kind of went over like the materials of like this Gucci inspired one with like denim and green and the red. And that was actually, he was a tagger, um, growing up together. He's from San Francisco too. He used to tag resin. Of course, the resin um, dunks. Oh, yep, the resin dunks. Yeah. So that's how those, that's how those came about is the, the green is the weed, the black is the resin and the red swoosh is the fire for resin. So, and those didn't release um, until years later. Yeah, so we came up with those the same day. Um, we sent them to Nike, and uh, I was like, "Let's ask, let's ask Hunter from Nike. He was the the skate team captain. If the the blue ones can be diamond, and uh, he was because girl didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Girl was like, "We're not doing that. We can't do a Nike shoe. Like we have Lakai, and they were hating on Nike at the time, even though they had the you know that Richard Mulder chocolate dunk came out. Yeah." yeah. Um, Another shoe. shoe. Uh, That's another shoe. Yeah, he has the white one with the blue, but then they have the chocolate one too. Uh, That's another shoe that right now is like crazy, and nobody cared about those when they came out, right? But now um, you you look them up on like the internet, and they're like tons of money for the chocolate ones. But anyway, so Nike was like. Right away, they're like, actually, that's kind of a sick idea. Let's do the Diamond one. Because Hunter was actually a fan of Diamond because before he was the Nike SP team manager, he actually owned a skate shop and they carried Diamond at his shop. And he was he was a fan, which was cool. So that's how our relationship kind of moved forward. I would send him Diamond shit. And he would send me Nike shoes. And then it was kind of easy to get my own shoe at that point. So then I was like, can we put a Diamond on the tongue? Like, I don't know if we can do that. I was like, just ask them. Ask them if we can do the diamond on the tongue. And they did. I sent them the mock-up, and they did it. So it's pretty Nick, sick. there's been – we talk about the reemergence over the past few years, but even like this summer, Grateful Deads and the Ben & Jerry's. What stick out to you from the new wave of dunks from SB? What, what are some of your favorites, and what do you think about kind of that storytelling? Um, I love the storytelling now too. They're really doing a great job. I think they're sick. Um, these ones I'm wearing right now are really cool. What are they? They, um, they're the Habibi Dunks. Okay. Oh yeah. They're they're, they're uh, a skate shop from Dubai, and they uh, they did them like the way they did them is uh, I'm Lebanese, so um, they're the same colorway as the Lebanese flag, and you know they use the laces because I guess it's like the Saudi Arabian things, but I'll show you. So. This is like the scarf, right? Wait, the quick plug Middle here. Eastern quick plug scarf. here. I just I just wrote twenty five hundred words about the shoe. So anybody listening, if you want to go read about the shoe, <laughs> in addition to listening to this, yeah. I got them yes. right here, Nick. But go read go read what I wrote too. Yeah. Okay. So in our culture, you know, we wear this in Lebanon and in Palestine and Saudi Arabia and a lot of um, Arab countries. This is like a scarf, right, or a headdress type of thing. It's it's this is really traditional, uh, red and white. And then, obviously, they're like the Chicago's, which I love the Chicago's. But then the green, so the Lebanese flags, red, white, and green. So that's why I love these because of this and that. And they're called Habibi, which is my love in Arabic. So, um, yeah, these are fire. 
I just got these ones. I like it. Super you took cool. the white tongue off. I'm doing the same thing. I'm thinking no white yeah, tongue. Yeah, because I didn't like how it kept, it kept flipping up too crazy. Mm-hmm. I put them on with that, but the extra tongue was kind of, it's a cool feature. And then they kept flipping up all weird. And then the, the last thing I want to ask about 22 years, we talked about it, such staying power in this industry, but the Jordan collab, you said that that would be a great kind of feather in the cap for you. Uh, and oh, and it's, a, it's a dream. Yeah. It's a dream. It would be a Jordan one. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Either that or a four or a three yeah. or, or even an 11 mm-hmm. or, you know, an eight. I don't care. I love all those. Like yeah. Jordan's is, but yeah, one would be insane. There's just so many ones now. I would still love to do one. Mm-hmm. Isn't your boy Hunter so a Jordan ones. now? Yes, jo- uh, Hunter's a Jordan. I'm not. He ended up going to the women's Jordan. I mean, but maybe he, he a, could make some yeah. things happen. You know. I've asked him a million times. I would love to see a Jordan <laughs> release, though. Let's recapture the magic. Maybe Complex Con 2021, we bring or 2022, Please. we bring the Jordan release. Hunter. Anyone at Jordan, anyone at Jordan brand watching this? Yes, that would be a dream. Yes. And I think that we would make something. We could make something really special. But hey, that's up to them, not me. So, well, <laughs> this is the, 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 well, Nick. Thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. It's just, just seeing like your passion to this day is like you know inspirational to us. And you have so many Thanks, hits, man. so many hits under your your belt. Um, we're probably gonna have to do a part two down the road because you know the history. Once the Jordans thing, come out. Yeah, 22 right years on, in this. Uh, it's just been great to chop it up with you. Thank you so much. Cool. Appreciate Thanks, guys. And good to see you all. Yes. On the internet. I mean, Digitally, on the yeah. computer instead of yeah. in real life. Right. Yeah. Appreciate awesome, it, Nick. Man. Right on, guys. Always good to talk to you. Peace to all my Lebanese people yeah. out in San Francisco, by the way. What's up? All right. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you, Nick. Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by William Smith. Special thanks to Jennifer Stewart and Shiva Bayet. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.